everybody, and welcome to the very first, first Wednesday of the year. Anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Amen. I just want to welcome you, and can I ask you, I know you just clapped, but would you join me in welcoming those that are tuning in with us online? We're so happy that you're with us also. God bless y'all. And I just uh, want to ask you one simple question. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is still Lord in 2023? Amen. Amen. Can I ask you to stand with me and can we open up tonight with prayer and then we're just going to worship God together, uh, look at the uh, word together tonight. I just know the Lord has put a message on my heart for the church uh, for this season that we're in and I'm excited to share that with you. But more than anything, I want Christ to be glorified. So could we pray together? Heavenly Father, I just honor you. And Holy Spirit, we're so thankful that you're in our midst right now. And I just want you to have your will and your way in this place and in our hearts and lives. Not just here, God, but every day. So we lift you up now. We glorify you. We unify to, under the banner of Jesus to lift up the name of Jesus. In Christ's name I pray. And all God's people said, oh, come on, one more time. Would you give God praise and let's sing out to him. Oh God, you have 
little shadow you won't light up mountain you won't climb up coming after me come on do you believe that tonight there's no there's no wall you won't kick down lie you won't tear down coming after me because it's the truth this is the truth there's no shadow you won't light up mountain you won't climb up coming after me oh yes lord there's no wall you won't kick down lie you won't tear down coming after me Amen. Give it up for Jesus if you're so thankful that he didn't just say he loved us, he showed it. Amen. Greet somebody as you're seated. Tell them you're happy to see them here. and I'm sure happy to see you here. Now don't tell them your life story. I've, I've got some words to preach to you, so you've got to come back to me. But it's such a joy to see so many of you in, in God's house tonight. Uh, what a great way to, to start off the first of the year, to be together in God's presence, and I'm just expectant of what God wants to do. Uh, we have a great problem. Uh, we underestimated uh, the appeal of Olive Garden breadsticks, and there's a lot of you tonight. God bless you. So if you did not get message notes, we ran out, which again, great problem, but they're passing them around. If you'll raise your hand, they'll bring them to you. If anybody, we got some up here. Ran out again. God bless you. That's all. They got some coming around here. And uh, I, I hope you'll uh, see, you know, again, to remind you in case you don't remember, we're going to have a, a time of fellowship at the end of service. And uh, we're having uh, Olive Garden soup and salad and breadsticks and everybody's welcome. Even if this is the first you're hearing about it, you're welcome to come. And you may notice in the notes, I've only got three blanks to fill in. That's one for soup, one for salad, one for breadsticks. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> so this message will be brief. Uh, no, but it, I do have something 
uh, that, that I know the Lord put on my heart. And, and it's just a standalone message entitled uh, Revision. And I'll share that with you here in just a moment. But first, if you're a guest tonight, I would like to thank you for being with us. I see some new faces, and uh, we hope that you'll just feel right at home. And if the Lord calls you, we'd love for you to make this your home. So if you're a guest, if you take time tonight to fill out a connection card, I'd be so grateful. You can find these in the seat pockets uh, nearby, somebody, somewhere near you, and uh, uh, you can just place those in the offering boxes after service. I also want to remind you, even if you're not a guest, please utilize connection cards uh, to write out your prayer needs, to write out your prayer requests. We're going to start our uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting beginning this uh, Sunday. It kicks off Sunday, January the 8th, and we are committed to praying over these needs every single day. And, and Church, there's something uh, powerful about God's people joining together, coming together in agreement. So uh, please submit those prayer needs, and uh, we would be honored to pray in agreement with you to see God's will done in every one of those situations. Anybody believe that God's will is always for our good and his glory? And we need to lift up those needs to him, or else we're trying to carry those burdens on our own, and that's not uh, how we're supposed to do it. And so you, you can just place those again uh, in the offering bucket, buckets on the way out of service. And uh, speaking of offering, we've got our three ways that you can give. You can give online at lakeviewpeople.com slash give. You can use the text to give number on the screen or on the website. And then we've got offering envelopes located in the seat pockets nearby. And we believe that God is calling us to do some big things this year. And one of the reasons we feel so encouraged is because you've been so generous uh, to, to give faithfully. And so thank you for that. We're not up here having to ask you to fund something. Uh, God is already funding his work. And we're just believing for bigger and, and greater things for his kingdom's sake. And so uh, this evening, I do want to speak to you a message uh, entitled... The year of reconciliation. We call this, I've just dubbed kind of the first time we gather on a Wednesday each year. I, I, I kind of reserve it to speak to you of a time of just sort of recalibrating, uh, reminding us about uh, God's call on our church and also on uh, your life. Because here's the truth, you are the church, not this building. And so I'm just believing for the Holy Spirit to reveal things in our hearts and lives uh, that may Maybe they were never there, or maybe they were there at one time, and just life happened, or uh, attacks came, and or whatever uh, the reason, we wondered, did God really call me to do that? Did God really ask me to do that? And um, I, I'm just believing that that word reconciliation is something that the Lord's going to help us realize, not just uh, what it means, but what it looks like in our lives in a very real way. So may I ask you, would you please pray for me and pray with me? Just that all distractions, uh, that, that God would just help calm our hearts so that we can focus on, on him as he speaks to us in the name of Jesus. Father, as I look out at these people here, I, I, just, I have love in my heart for them. And I know they're so valuable to you, so much that you would give your son in, in our place. So please, Holy Spirit, Help us to value ourselves through your eyes and to realize you would not pay such a price for someone without having a high calling on their life. So let no one second guess your calling or your leading. In the name of Jesus, I pray and all in agreement say, amen, amen. amen. I'm just going to jump right in to the word and you may notice there's 
uh, quite a bit of scripture. So uh, if you're watching online, if you're here, there's going to be quite a bit of notes that I just didn't have room to fit in the notes. So if you're a note taker, this is your night. And if you're not a note taker, this is your night to get started. Uh, and I just want to begin in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we're going to look at a few verses out of the Amplified translation. And it does such a good job. I, I just, if you uh, maybe are new to reading the Word, I personally, you don't have to do it the way that I do it, uh, but it, it might be a help to you. I think this is a little bit what discipleship looks like, is sharing with people how God is working in our lives and things that have, have worked in our walk with God. And one thing that has really helped me is I like to read the Word in, in different translations, but I typically will look at everything uh, eventually through the Amplified Translation, because I just like how it expounds, how it explains in depth. So uh, it's just something, if, if you haven't utilized it, if you've got a cell phone, you can download the, the uh, version Bible app. It's free, and you have access to the, that. And sometimes it just helps really uh, enrich our understanding of the Word. And, and it does this here. It says, so from now on, and this is speaking to the fact that Things used to be one way, but they're not that way anymore. And is there anyone that can testify that after you came to know Jesus as Savior and Lord, things used to be one way, but they're not that way anymore. So from now on, and that's how I hope you'll view not only this year, but just your life. From now on, we regard no one from a human point of view. And it explains, that's what it does when it puts things there uh, in those parentheses. It says, according to worldly standards and values. I know you know this, but do we really do this? We're not supposed to judge people or value people the way the world does. And I know that, and I'm confessing to you, I don't always do that. So I'm guessing some of you might not always do that either. This is an area that we need the Holy Spirit's help to guide us and to teach us. And it goes on to say, though we have known Christ from a human point of view, we no longer know Him in this way. So if you think it's important that, that you understand Jesus in a, in a better way than you did before you really knew Jesus as Savior and Lord, the Word says it's just as important to, to understand people in a different way than you did before you were saved. Again, not my opinion, it's the Word of God. And this message tonight, I'll warn you, it's going to be simple. And I always love the lady who said, Pastor, you're one of the most simple preachers I've ever heard. God bless you, sister. She may or may not be in this room, so I'll try not to look in any particular direction. But I, I, I agree with that, because there's a lot of things in the Word that they're simple, but they're not easy. And so I'll warn you, that's kind of tonight's message. It's going to be pretty straightforward, but we're going to need God's help to, to do what the Word calls us to do. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, and it explains, expounds on what that looks like, that is grafted in. We couldn't get in on our own. We need somebody to, to allow us to be in God's family, to adopt us, joined to Him by faith in Him as Savior. And I'm glad it wasn't my good deeds or my good looks that got me into heaven because I would be found lacking in both. 
don't amen that too loud. It's not because of any of our righteousness. All of our righteousness is like filthy rags. But we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That that's how we got in. But I need you to see that's how everybody else gets in too. It's not with our approval. And we'll speak to that a little bit more as the word does. It says, grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior. He is a new creature reborn and renewed. I like to think of that as renew. You're you're new again. You're not the same by the Holy Spirit. Did you know you're even renewed only by God's power? Not by your efforts or your motivation or your discipline. We do our best, but thank God he does the rest. And again, I want you to see how much this applies to you. We just sang that that anthem of of God's reckless love. And some people are uncomfortable with that because they don't really understand God's love. It makes no sense for a creator to do what God has done for his creation. It would have been so much easier for him to say, I'm wiping the slate clean, I'm starting over, but I am so grateful he chose not to do that. I'm so grateful that though we didn't really give him any reason to do any different, Jesus said, while you're yet sinners, I will go to the cross for you. And if you can't fix yourself, I'll make you new. I'll renew you. That's what God is capable of. It's beyond what we could do on our own. And I want you to know that now you are capable of things beyond what you could do on your own. Because it's not no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. Amen. Let's look more at what the Word says about that. It says, the old things. And that don't, don't just mean your aches and pains. The old things. The previous moral and spiritual condition. Please let the word speak to you there. About what that means. And let the Holy Spirit speak to our hearts. The previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. They have died. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. So when we give our life To Jesus, we should live a new life in Christ. This is what the word is saying here. And and I just, I don't want to sugarcoat anything. I'm, I'm trying to just be very intentional and very clear because this is the ultimate vision. Look, I could give you some ideas and I'm going to share with you some plans and some goals about the vision for the church this year. But let's not by looking forward forget to look back at what Jesus has done because that's what this is all about. The church is built on Christ alone. He's our cornerstone. He was the stone the builders rejected, but now everything's built on him. And let's never forget that, that anything we're doing is only because of him. It's only because of what he did and now what he is doing through his body, the church. And so it it says these old things have passed away. New things have come because the spiritual awakening brings a new life. But all these things are from God who reconciled. There's that word that we're highlighting. Who reconciled us to himself through Christ. Making us acceptable to him. And gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And that's the heart of what we're going to 
look to the word tonight is, is the Holy Spirit helping us understand uh, what this looks like. Appreciating that God reconciled us to himself through Jesus. But also taking responsibility that God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. It says, so that by our example, we might bring others to him. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And here's what that word reconcile. This is one of the best definitions. And I, I thought, you know, I wish I could bring somebody in to explain this. So who better than the Apostle Paul? And then next we're going to look at Christ himself. I couldn't bring in just some special speaker, but I think there's nobody alive who could say it better than Paul or Jesus to teach us what this really looks like, what reconciliation means. It says that, that it means he's not counting people's sins against them, but canceling them. And we spoke about this a little bit a few weeks ago in the month of December when we talked about uh, that, that moment in World War I when soldiers just laid down their weapons and decided to, to quit worrying about the things that divided them and focus on the things that unify them. You know what? I believe the people of God should be able to think more about the things that unify us than the things that divide us. The enemy has had a heyday. We've got whole denominations split over secondary, third area, fourth area issues compared to, to salvation in Christ alone. And it's so sad because the enemy is trying so hard to divide God's people and we're doing his job for him more, more times than not. Let's be reconciled, not counting people's sins against them, but canceling them. That's what God is capable of. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Now, I need you to see, we're not the ones, that we don't get to forgive their sins. We don't cancel their sins, but we give them the message that only Jesus can. That message of reconciliation, that is reconciliation of favor with God. And, you know, this thought just hit me while I was reading this word earlier today. Um, we're supposed to believe more in the, the canceling of sins than the canceling of people. We live in a cancel culture where it's like somebody can say one wrong thing. Anybody in here grateful that not everybody judges you based on your lowest moment or your biggest mistake? I do some stupid things. Ask my wife. Some things that I regret. I forget to do some things I really want to do, and then, then I do some things I really don't want to do. Pick something. Follow me around for five minutes. I'll probably let you down if, if you really look close enough. Because you know what? We're all trying to follow Christ. Follow me, but only as I follow Jesus. Don't take your eyes off Him, because I'm just trying to follow Him. But why is it that we are so easy sometimes to receive God's forgiveness but then not to extend it to other people. He gave us his salvation. Everybody glad for that? Well, the word said he also gave us the ministry of reconciliation. You can't accept one and not be willing to accept the other. He gave both. We should want to receive everything that God gives to us. And he goes on to say that we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making his appeal through us, we as Christ's representatives plead with you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. 
And there's too many people, too many people in this world that if they died today, I'm just going to say it, they would go to hell. Hell is real. And it's time we quit beating around the bush or being fearful, whatever thing that is happening that is keeping us from speaking the truth in love. But remember to temper the truth with love. I've said it, those before me that are way smarter came up with it. The truth without love is mean, but love without the truth is meaningless. We need both. But people need to hear about the true message of reconciliation with God, that it's only through Jesus Christ. There is no other way by which man can be saved except to call upon the name of the Lord Jesus as their Savior and their Lord. You don't get to pick one or the other. He has to be everything to you. Jesus is all we need, but He's everything that this world needs. And anything we're doing that doesn't focus on that really isn't that important, is it? Because souls matter to God. And so any program, anything we promote, anything that we do in this church, we want to filter it through seeing people saved and then be made disciples that follow this example that Jesus left us. That he said, I'll give my whole life to reconciling people to God. That's what Jesus did. Do you want to be like Jesus? I do. And that's what we're called to do. He gave us salvation and the ministry of reconciliation. And God has been breaking my heart so he can build me back up again and just letting me see how many things that that we think are so important, even in the church, even at Lakeview. Y'all, I think this is the greatest church I've ever been a part of, but we never want to get comfortable or complacent or or think we've done it all because there's still a whole lot of people that don't know Christ right in our vicinity, right in our part of the world. And, And God has called us to this place for such a time as this, that means there are people that you will cross paths with, that their eternity hangs in the balance. God, help us to see how much you've done for us and how much you want to do through us. If anybody believes that, would you give the Lord a good amen right there? Amen. This is the goal of the church. It's not to promote ourselves. It's not to, you know, build our kingdom or our ministry. It's to advance his kingdom, to do the work of Christ. And so I'm going to prayerfully challenge the church tonight to, to hopefully see whether or not we are seeing double or seeing trouble. This is the next part in your notes there is to ask that question, am I seeing double or seeing trouble? Because when we talk about having a vision for the things of God, One of the greatest uh, tactics of the enemy is to cause God's people to see things that aren't really there. To worry about things that haven't even happened yet. He's a master of disguise. The Bible says he masquerades as an angel of light. So he is one way, but he'll disguise himself another way. And in your life, don't be surprised, spiritual attacks aren't usually really obvious Because Satan knows how to disguise. He knows how to manipulate and infiltrate our lives. We need to understand and expose his his lies in our lives. And, And to start recognizing his patterns so that they won't trip us up. We won't fall into traps as we talked about this last Sunday. Traps that they don't seem like that big of a deal, but they cause big problems in our life. 
And again, I thought, who could speak to this better than, than Christ himself? And this is kind of a, a deep topic. Again, it is simple, but not easy. Maybe simple to, to understand, but not easy to implement, to do in our lives. But we don't want to be hearers of the word only. We want to be doers, followers of Jesus. And so in Matthew chapter 25, Christ gives one of the most profound explanations of the kingdom of heaven. It's in what's known as the parable of the talents in many traditional translations. Uh, we're going to look at uh, the, the NLT version tonight. And it just, I believe, explains it very clearly. Uh, a picture of what the kingdom of heaven looks like. Look with me at the word in Matthew 25, starting at verse uh, 30. It says, again, the, or it says the kingdom of heaven will be like... Oh, that's not the verse I need. The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. What did I say about making mistakes? I typed the wrong thing in my notes. He can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one. Many of you will be familiar with this story, but I want you to see some things. He gave one of them five bags of silver, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. Somebody needs to hear that. Anything that you've been given by God, God knew what he was doing when he gave it to you. To whom much is given, much is required, the Bible says. And it really doesn't matter what somebody next to you has or doesn't have. It's not for you to worry about. If we say God knows everything, then he knew what he was doing when he gave us what he knew we needed. He, he divided it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work. Mm. He also went to work and earned two more. Um, just because we think we have less than somebody else doesn't mean that we have to do less with our lives. The one that had two, got to work just like the one that had five. And I hope you know, you probably do. This is about a whole lot more than money. But Jesus is explaining it in a way, in this parable, to teach us a heavenly truth in a way that our human minds can comprehend. And he says that he, he also went to work, earned two more, but the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. And this is a picture of so many believers that need to take the next step to not just believe in God, but to start following God, what God says. Some people are so afraid of losing their salvation, they never use their salvation that God has given them. They never give their whole life to God. They, they're fine with Jesus giving his life for them, but they stop short when it comes to giving their life to Jesus. And please don't take that harshly. I'm saying that because you're important. You're valuable. And anybody that's at that crossroads, you're just right up to the edge of saying, I, I want to go all in for God. Or maybe you've been there before 
And you do it for like five minutes and then you're like, whoa, this is harder than I thought and I want to come back. I pray that God will, will, will stir us up and spur us on because church time is of the essence and souls matter so much and you matter so much to God using the whole body of Christ to reaching people, to discipling people. Um, this is not a prideful thing, but it is a truthful statement. I am very comfortable in my calling in a lot of ways. I used to really doubt it, but I know that I'm called to, to pastor this church. Uh, it was in such a, a strange and sad situation that it happened. It would have had to have been God. Because uh, my wife and I both were unsure of things. And she remembers, I'm sure, when God began to change my heart. Conversations we were having privately were, were evidence of what God was doing privately in my heart. So I'm sure of that. I'm sure of my calling. But I'm becoming more and more aware of my limitations. And this is to put no pressure on you, but it is to just speak the truth in love. I can't do everything that this church needs to do. I can't. I've tried and failed miserably. Uh, I, have, I have been afraid to ask for help or embarrassed. I don't know sometimes. It's hard to tell the difference. But I'm telling you, God is helping me learn. I care too much about people's eternity to care so much about my pride. And so I'm telling you, church, it's past time for us to step up and go out and reach the lost at any cost, to make disciples, to, to have some uncomfortable conversations, even among ourselves. I'd rather have those hard conversations here than stand in eternity and wish we had had them. I'd rather have that tough conversation with my loved ones here than them to look at me in eternity and say, why, did, why am I just now hearing it? Why am I just now Seeing what I should have seen. Time is, time is short and people are too important. It says that a long time went by. After a long time, the master returned from his trip. So he had given five bags of silver to the first one. He multiplied it, made it ten. The second one had two. He made it four. The last one dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. And after a long time, the master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. And the Bible says God will do this with each of us. Not of how we used our money per se, but how we used our life. And I tell you, your money's part of your life. God said that, not me. How do we spend our time? How do we spend our money? How do we spend our effort? How do we spend our resources? It all goes hand in hand. The servant... To whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I've earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I'll give you many more, responsibility, many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. And can't you just imagine this last guy having to watch the other two first? He watched them get their investment money first. 
And I wonder sometimes if that didn't mess with him. Well, they're getting five. They're getting two. I'm only getting one. And I don't know who I'm speaking to tonight. The Lord just won't let me move on until I say this. Don't ever devalue yourself because you compared yourself with somebody else. They didn't call you. You will not stand before them in eternity. You will stand before God. And I don't say that to put fear other than the fear of the Lord, which the Bible says is the beginning of wisdom. Because too many people have wasted their life because they did not value their life. And if you understood how precious it was, not only for you, but to those around you, you would not waste it any longer. And even if you're saying, but I've wasted so many years, you know what? God can make something out of nothing. So if you've just got a short amount of time left, that's all God needs. That's all he needs. He just needs somebody. And I guarantee you, if you go all in with five minutes of your life, that's better than somebody just halfway waltzing through for 50 years. Just showing up and going to church and not going and being the church are two different things. Two different things. And look, I hope you'll come back. We'll have breadsticks again, if you will. But I'm so desperate. To see a real move of the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing. I've been in good church services. But then not seeing the church be good in service. Does that make sense? Because it really didn't when I said it. But you hear my heart. Wasn't good English. But it was good preaching. I've seen people shout the chandeliers down in the building. And then speak nothing. Once they get out in the parking lot. Except gossip and backbiting. And and y'all, you're the ones that came to Wednesday night. I'm I'm really preaching to the choir, okay? But it's so hard not to fall into complacency. And when things start going good, the enemy can use things going good to say, just stop and pat yourself on the back for a while when there's still so many people who need to hear the gospel. There's still so much of the harvest to be reached. And look, when somebody gets saved, that's just the beginning. They still need somebody to disciple them. And again, church, we've already outgrown my ability to disciple everybody. That's where my role, I'm getting more comfortable. I'm to equip the saints for ministry, the Bible says. So saints, get ready to be equipped. That man with one (laughs) had to be so awkward. Frightening even. Have you ever had to tell somebody something way before you actually got to tell them? Something you didn't want them to know. That you didn't want to reveal. You knew they were going to find out. Isn't that the worst period of time? (laughs) That few minutes. Having to tell your spouse. What you bought. (laughs) Or better yet. How much it was. (laughs) That's why so many spouses. Y'all it's men and women. They start off with telling you. Well it was on sale. Well, that 25% off still knocked out 75% of our bank account. Hallelujah. So awkward telling people things. Especially when it's something you've done wrong. And you need to take responsibility for it. Uh, That's a terrifying time. Very uncomfortable. And I know this is a parable, but my heart goes out to this guy. But I don't want to be this guy. 
As we said on Sunday, I'd rather learn from people's, mis- from people's mistakes than repeat people's mistakes. So I hope you'll see that Jesus shared this parable not just to give some wisdom or some feel-good advice, but to say, be careful, you're not doing this, or it's going to turn out like this. Because everybody, you know, paints Jesus some, in a different way, and we need to just look to the Word to know who Jesus is. Not any person's opinion, but how God's Word declares Him and reveals Him. Because Jesus is the one telling this parable, and He says this guy gets up, and the servant with one bag of silver came and said, started making excuses. Master, I knew you were a harsh man. Harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid to lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. And church, I just need to warn you. Don't be so afraid to lose your life that you hide it in this old world. Trying to look like everybody else or just fit in and hoping you get into heaven. That's not following Jesus. The Bible says... Whoever hopes to save their life will lose it. But those who are willing to lose it for my sake, take hold of life that's really life. Where you say, I know my hope is already secure in Jesus. It's not something that I'm just going to accidentally lose, but that God has called me to use for the glory of God. To invest my time while I have time. He says, the, the master replies, After he gets his money back. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, this is harsh. You wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered. And I hope you recognize the master is supposed to be a picture of God. Then he said, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. See, church, sometimes we're so... Concerned, We think God cares so much with what we do wrong. And I believe that God is actually more concerned with what we do right. How we obey. The blood of Jesus can cover all of our sins. Past, present, and future. Anybody believe that? It's strong enough. You're not earning your salvation. Jesus paid it all. So we don't live our life trying to pay for our our eternal life. It's already been bought. It's only by faith. That amazing grace through faith in Christ alone. That's it. Religion will tell you you still got to keep earning it. And it's exhausting. And it's fruitless. And it's frustrating. Put your faith in Jesus. But then live your life for Jesus. Because you're not worried about covering any of that shame. Any of that guilt. Any of that old pain. All that's been paid for. You're a new creation. In so much of our life, we go back to our old ways. We go back to our old sins because we still see ourselves that way. God doesn't see you anymore. He invested in you. He gave his son for you. We sang about the reckless love of God, the amazing love of God. That speaks to how valuable you are. And I want to share with you three things in conclusion uh, before I just allow the Lord to speak to our hearts 
in, in another time just of worship. First of all, this is three truths about God. First, God knows how much he gave you. In this account we just read, there's a reason it was specific. And God is specific many times in Scripture about what he gives to us and what he has done for us. He keeps perfect records. And church, it's not to get us in trouble. It's actually to help get us out of trouble. He knows what he gave us. He knows how much we need the Lord and how much we need salvation in Christ alone. That's why he did it that way because he knew we couldn't do it on our own. But he knows how much he gave you. Like we just read in Matthew 25, 15, he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. So you have been given enough. I can't say this enough. You have been given enough to do what God has called you to do. He didn't make a mistake with how much he gave you. He didn't leave you out or forget about you. He knew what you needed to have to do what he called you to do. So, and that may, may change in different seasons, in different maturity in the faith. But I'll tell you, wherever you're at, God knows where you're at. And he knows what he gave you. But then, look at that last part. He gave this to them, and then he left on his trip. And this is a picture of what Jesus did. Ultimately, his disciples were left looking up at the sky when Jesus ascended. And it says an angel had to come down. They had to come down and speak to him and say, what are you doing? What are you looking at? He has gone to where he's supposed to go. Now it's time for you to go where he told you to go. And so many Christians, not making fun, not being mean, just pointing out the obvious. We do that. I can't wait to go to heaven. I can't wait to get out of this place. And y'all, I'm with you. There's a lot of me that can't wait to get out of this place. But before I go, I want to get as many people out of this place with me. I want as many people as possible to know if he could save a sinner. If you only knew me the way he knows me and that he still loves me, there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. We have to, we have to turn our backs on him because he'll never turn his back on us. He will never leave us and never forsake us. That's the gospel this world needs to hear. They've had enough of religion. They've had enough of opinion. They need the truth of Jesus Christ. And you know what he gave you. That's the next thing is God knows what he gave us, and he also knows what you give back. And I'm hoping that this gives us that vibe that that man with one was feeling, that one talent who just hid it in the earth and didn't really use it. I'm hoping we get to feel those feelings in a moment like this through the, the truth and revelation of the word, through the conviction, not condemnation of the Holy Spirit. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus, but the conviction of the Holy Spirit is so important to us following the leading of the Holy Spirit. But I hope that we can feel what God wants us to feel and learn what he wants us to learn from what was that like to be the one watching the, the guy with five come back with ten. The one with two come back with four. Don't bury your life in the earth. Don't waste your life on the things of this world. I'm calling on our church to be a good, probably I should say it a different way, a godly example to this world of what really matters. Let's not tell people that souls matter most and then let them see that we care about something else more. 
I ain't going to go to that church if fill in the blank. Look, I'm tired of trying to get people to come to church. I'm trying to get the church to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Have you noticed? It's almost laughable how some churches, and again, I fall into that trap. You almost get to where you're competing with other churches. Well, they have that fancy new thing. Have you seen how many programs they do? The thing that I admire about churches is how many disciples are they making? How big of a harvest are they reaching? Are they really making a difference? Are they really? Because can I just tell you, if at some point all we're doing is trading church members, we're not building the kingdom. We're not growing anything. We're really not. And I believe in this year of reconciliation, God is going to help us to focus on what matters most, to lay aside secondary, thirdary, fourthary things that are petty and not important. And we're going to see an incredible harvest reached because God knows how much we're giving. Matthew 25, 29 says, To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Don't be the one holding the one. You are so afraid of losing it, so afraid of losing your salvation or, or losing your life, you ended up not using your life the way God called you. Take whatever next step it is. If you know God is your Savior, you're still struggling with some stuff, find, ask God to help you to find freedom from, from whatever that shame or hurt, habit, or hang-up is so that you're not focused on that anymore. You can see clearly what He's called you to do. You'll discover your purpose and you'll start using your life to make a difference for people. Look, there's only so much we can do for you. But there's a lot that we want to do with you. And as your pastor, your friend, whatever you see me as, I want you to know how valuable you are. And that's the last thing I want you to write down is that God knows how much he gave you, how much you give back, but he also knows how much the world needs us. And that feels maybe odd to say or, or maybe arrogant at first. If, if you don't look at the Bible as a whole, look, it's all about Christ but guess who we have inside of us? Yes. So it's not by our might or by our power, but by the Spirit yes. of the Lord that we can say, make this statement that this world needs us because it needs to see Christ in us. If we weren't important, then why did Jesus say what he said in John 16, 7? But in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. Jesus was telling his followers, it's good for me to go away so that you can be changed, so that you can do what you've been created and called to do. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, the Apostle Paul says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. Church, Jesus paid it all, but he paid a lot. And I want to ask the worship team if they would come join me on stage. And I want to close this message and this service with just a simple call. Uh, we've got some things that we have set before us that I believe that we are called to participate in, and, and here's why. 
uh, I believe that we'll look at this old world and we'll see one of those two things we talked about. We'll either see double or we'll see trouble. Two of those men that we read about saw double. They saw five bags of silver and they turned it into ten. They saw two, they turned it into four. That last one just saw trouble. I'm so afraid the master's going to get mad at me or I'm going to lose this. Isn't that a picture of so many people's relationship with God? I'm afraid God's going to get mad at me and I'm going to lose my salvation or I'm going to do something wrong and he's going to take it from me. You know the the reason he took it from us? Because he didn't do anything with it. It wasn't because he did anything wrong, because he didn't do anything. Let that speak to us. Ultimately, Jesus said we are called to make disciples. And that calling's on all of us. Pastors and whatever you people are. Every one of you matters. Every one of you has a calling from God. And so I want to ask us just to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us, to help this word just marinate in our heart, but then be become real in our life. So could I ask you to stand with me? And as we worship, this song is simply entitled Available. And I'm praying that some of you, maybe past dreams and visions that God has put in your heart will be reawakened. That if, it was, if, if you let it uh, you know, be covered up because somebody disappointed you or hurt you or harmed you, I'm, I'm sorry for what they did, but that does not excuse you from doing what you were called to do. Let God heal you. And if he can bring Jesus back to life, the Bible says that same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives in us. And he can bring back to life those callings, those visions. Could I pray over you and then let's worship together. Father, I thank you for your people and just for the potential that is in this room because you are in this room and you're in our hearts and in our lives. And I pray that you would awaken and reawaken men and women of God to what really matters, to making disciples. And don't let us look too far. In that vision, don't let us look so far ahead we miss what's right in front of us, our family, our community, our church. People that we are having our sphere of influence. Let us start there, God, but not stop there. Let us be available to whatever you call us to do in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said. I'm going to ask him just to set the atmosphere of worship and the worship team to lead us again. Would you sing out to the Lord and allow him to speak to your heart in this moment?
less of me and more of you. I just want to see you move. I hear you call. I am available. I say, yes, Lord. I am available.
I'm not going to keep you but just a moment longer, but I want to share with you as the Holy Spirit is just giving me a burden of my heart to share this with the church. Notice something that, that in the parable of the talents, the parable of the bags of silver, uh, God put in their hands what he wanted them to, to, to invest in and, and to, to multiply. And again, sometimes we see this big wide world and, and think, how can we change the world? Can I tell you, it starts with what God has put right in front of you. So I'm going to speak just, just specifically and, and a bit prophetically, first of all, uh, to the men in this room. Uh, because there is just something, and I'm so grateful for godly women, and we need you. It's not that, that godly women, it's not that you're less important. The problem is, statistically, men have been less involved. And I'm just going to say it in the church. And, and here's the thing. Studies show, secular and Christian studies show, when, when the father or the husband or the male role model gets saved first in, in the household and leads by example, it's, it's exponential, the potential of that family coming to God and being discipled. So do not, don't lay down on the job. Even if you're not married, you don't have a family yet. Can I tell you, young men are watching you. Other people are watching you. And let's lead well. And, and ladies, the same is for you. I mean, you, you've got just as important a role. I'm just, I'm just talking to men because God wanted me to. It's just, it's, I've got a burden to see us step up. And again, who has God put right in front of you? If in this next year, every one of us would just intentionally invest in somebody else who's unchurched or churched out, whatever, let's not go trying to steal somebody from the church down the street. Let's steal somebody out of the, the grip of the enemy. But disciple them. Pray for them. Pray them through, but then don't be through with them. Disciple them. It would change our church, change this community. We would double. And I know this world, we can see a lot of trouble in this world. But if each one of us, that old saying, each one reach one, we would double. And I see the potential in you. I see the potential in us because of Christ in us to do that this year. You may not know where to start. Can I tell you, it's simple, but it ain't always easy. This is why we do some intentional things. We're trying to, to lead by example. Uh, this Sunday is our 20. One days of prayer. We do this twice a year. I tell you, people need to see your prayer life. You cannot teach someone to do something you're not doing yourself. You will not be able to disciple them in that way. And I tell you, this is such a, a powerful time of, of discipline, which is the first part of that word, discipling. I don't like getting up here at 6 a.m. in my flesh, but I tell you, God always changes my heart when I change my schedule for Him. So do what you got to do to be involved in this. You don't have to be here physically. You can watch online. You can do it a different time of day if you're working at that time or got to get kids to school. I know life happens, but that don't mean we can't find time for God in our life. Just figure out a way to be involved. We've got uh, these daily prayer focus guides. Grab one tonight if you don't have them. If we're running out, we'll try to print some more. I'm so glad for how God is growing his church. But let's be involved and be invested. And also, you need the Word. You don't have to read the Bible all day, but you need to read the Word every day. And we've got these free. They're really simple. But you've got to stay committed to our Bible reading plan. You can download it online. The website's on the screen at lakeviewpeople.com slash Bible. You know what? You can read the Bible with your kids. And people say, well, they're not old enough to understand it. Well, they watch a lot of things on TV. They probably shouldn't be old enough to understand either. But that's why they need someone there to disciple them and love them. Walk them through it. I just want to thank you for your heart for God. I can't wait to see how God 
uses this church because this is his church. But let's be the church this year ahead and, and let God do exponentially. I'd rather see double than see all the trouble in this world. Amen. I want to pray a blessing over you. And uh, then I'm going to give you some instruction about the food. I hope you got time to hang around. I hope I hadn't preached too long. But let me pray over you. God, thank you so much for these people here. But God, we are thinking about the souls that are not here. We want to have your heart and your eyes and, and, and be watching and listening and looking for those who need the gospel. Use us, I pray, as your ambassadors, as a light in the darkness. And God, I believe you've got men and women that you're calling tonight fresh and new, God. Let them see the potential they have in you because of you. And let people see Jesus in us. In Christ's name I pray. And all God's people said. One more time, would you give the Lord praise for his word. And that he is worthy. And he makes us his righteousness in Christ's name. So now we've got some soup and salad and breadsticks. Now I'm going to warn you, we don't have a real big fellowship hall. So we may have to go in shifts. But if you'll be patient, please let those, let, let our elders and uh, you know, ladies with kids, let, let's, let's be kind and be, be polite to one another. But can I ask you to sing me one more song? This is my gift to you. I'm going to let you step down off the stage, Victoria, before we sing this. But tonight is her birthday. She hates being up when we sing it. So would you join me in singing, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dearest Victoria. I can say that because I love her. Happy birthday to you. Would you give it up for my wife? She's the best. God bless y'all. You're dismissed, church.